We live in a world of change, I believe. You can see that more and more women stand up for the rights, especially in sports, uh, as well in the society. So it's all about supporting each other, I think. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was footballer Arda Hegerberg. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. We find the very best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points every single week. If you love the Olympics, subscribe now, wherever you find your podcasts. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Arda Stolzman Hegberg. I'm from Norway. I'm 24 this summer and I play for Olympic Lyonnais. Arda has been with Olympic Lyonnais for five years. She's picked up the league title there every single year she's been at the club, plus three Champions League trophies as well. There's a chance at her fourth Champions League trophy as the Norwegian and her team go up against Barcelona in the final of the Champions League on the 18th of May in Budapest. She is a striker who scores lots of goals in her club career. She has scored 178 goals in 168 appearances. That is incredible. It's little wonder then that the first ever Ballon d'Or feminine was awarded to Arda. It's a trophy for the best individual player in football, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. They've won the men's version many, many times. But Arda was the first female winner and it's proudly on display in the club museum in Lyon. So we asked her to show us around. Olympic Channel Podcast. We're in the uh, OL Museum. Uh, it's a great museum. I felt it was a good place to place the Ballon d'Or here, uh, at least in the beginning. Obviously, I'm going to take it home one day. Um, don't know when. Yeah, but um, it's a great, great place to put it, to like give it a bit to the people as well. It's such a historical trophy. And even though if it's an individual trophy, uh, it means so much to football and giving it giving the chance that women can win it as well it's just i didn't even dream of winning a ball and door when i was a kid now they can so oh, it's it's uh, it's um a special special little thing you could say <laughs> olympic channel podcast so the museum was a bit too noisy to have a proper chat but nicholas vinder found somewhere quiet to have a chat about her extra special training sessions with her dad, why you shouldn't mix up self-belief with arrogance and why her international career is on hold for the moment. But they started off by talking about how pleased she was to share a stage with the men on equal footing that night at the awards show of the Ballon d'Or. Olympic Channel Podcast. Amazing. Amazing for, um, for football and women in general. Like... I think it was, it was a historical night for everyone. It was symbolic, a uh, symbol for, I think, women in general. I had so much um, interest coming from all over, over the world and that really moved me because not only by being named world's best footballer, uh, it was being in the centre of such an historical moment and 
I'm quite passionate about my sport and I've done, all, I've done it all to try to move in the right direction because being a woman in sports is a challenge. It's as easy as that. And it's all about pushing for equality, pushing for uh, making a difference. So standing there in the middle of uh, such an historical night was, gave me goosebumps, gave me tears and just an enormous motivation to, to continue. I guess that for you and for everyone there to feel that this was normal was the best possible outcome you could think of, really. Yeah, but I, I think they feel it too. I think they feel it's completely normal because it's the modern football. It's the modern world we live in and it's the right way to go. Um, I play in a club who has a modern organization, men's and women's at the same level. We create results because they put on and, yeah, a lot of investment in us. So I felt, I felt it 100% that night. And that should be all the new generation, the new generation that comes up now should have the same feeling because it needs to be that direction we're moving. Talking about your club, Lyon, who has been very dominant in the Champions League, you've won the previous three Champions League titles. What can other clubs learn from, from you? It comes to one man basically in Lyon, and that's our president. He has done everything you see around women's football. He's the man behind it. Um, so we have him to thank. I'm really inspired by him because he's, he's, he believed in us when no one did. Um, so it's all about seeing if you, if you really want something badly uh, and you give it time, it will give you success because this team didn't win a trophy overnight. It needed one year, two years, three years. So it takes time to build something great. But when you put time and commitment into it, he got the, maybe the world's best, best team. So probably I think it's worth it. And I think giving women the opportunity to have the conditions to train hard because I always try to look on what can we do to develop the game. You shouldn't always point fingers, but you also should look at yourself. Like, so it's all about us training hard enough, staying out outside that comfort zone, to always develop the game, to always develop a higher pace, a better quality in the games, and so that people can watch us and think, damn, we can't miss this. So. Um, but giving women the conditions to be training, and especially young girls, giving them opportunity to to become uh, to become a good footballer. Equal pay is talk of the town at, at the moment, but it seems like money isn't the big question for you in this chat about women's conditions in football. I try to not talk as much about money when I talk to talk about making a difference because. It's so much bigger than that as well. The respect and the attitude about women, women playing football, I think that's a more, more important place to start. And then you have the economy. Um, I never expect to earn as much as the Ballon d'Or men's do. I never, I never done that. I never, I never played football for the money because I knew it there wasn't. But. Uh, Small step by step, giving us what we earn, what we what we deserve, is a better place to start. Because I don't think 
most of the women players uh, get what they deserve today. So two people who have won the Ballon d'Or several times in the men's games are Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. And if we take Messi first, he is known for his that he was born with the, with this unique talent. And Cristiano Ronaldo is known for like he's he's a training machine. He seems to never stop. What is your secret to success? It takes a lot of work. They uh, they're in their own class. I feel those two, uh, but they're quite inspiring for me as well personally. And obviously, I have huge ambitions of. Um, taking it far in the Champions League and at club level uh, in my career. So I got some special uh, ambitions yeah, of, of uh, recreating history because I feel all the top athletes uh, at the highest level today um, managed to recreate history to stay at their highest level as long as possible. And that's something that really motivates me as well to keep pushing and um, try to to make it work as, uh, as long as possible. I mean, Ronaldo, he, he seems to be a machine posting pictures of him working out in, in the middle of the night. You like that as well? I think Messi has worked tons, tons of hours as well to uh, become the player he is. I think uh, for me personally, I think I had that talent. I think I had that talent when I was younger. Uh, we we figure out quite fast that I had this sense of goals of turning uh, turning against the goal and and shooting and and it's just about taking care of that talent as well because my success come from hours of reputation 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 and with my family especially we're like a crazy football family so I always been training with my dad my mom and my brother and sister you could say. And uh, it's been quite about the basics, like uh, touch, um, passing, finishing, uh, dribbling, um, the same stuff. We've been doing that for years. And I don't talk about hours when I talk about work. I always talk about quality. It needs to be quality in what, what you do. And putting an amount of quality in it and reputation, reputation, reputation. That's what it's all about. And that's what's made me the player I am today. And it's gonna make the player I am in 10 years, maybe. So I think it's a good dose of talent and lots of lots of work. I like training. I, I really like training. I think it's hard to stay at the top if you don't if you don't love training because uh, it's such an important aspect uh, of performing. And I always done a lot of sports since I was younger. I did a lot of skiing, downhill skiing, climbing, and dancing and lots of sports, so being able to co combine a lot of sports gave me a natural physique as well. Uh, coordination is really important, balance. Uh, so, so you have like uh, different aspects to play on, you could say. Um, so that's been really important for me. And um, I think it's such an important, yeah, to stay motivated, uh, you have to, stay motivated by how you train as well. And when I get those sessions on my own, training with my dad, for example, uh, that's the best possible, positive way I can get inspired again to keep going. So I had some good sessions with him when I was home uh, one week ago. Yeah, I saw the picture you posted recently when you went back home to Norway to visit your family of, of you and your dad. Um, 
what are you actually up to when when you when you go and visit your family in Norway? We um, we train, um, so that's kind of vacation for me because I get the time to train on specific things I normally don't do in the season. Uh, although it's really important to have those sessions in the season as well. But um, vacations for me is to get home, be with the people I love and work, uh, start a new pages for a new season. And those preparations are so important, doing it with my team back home. Um, so it's kind of like a mental vacation, you could say, to train with him. Because he, he's got this eye of seeing details that we can fix on. Um, so I train a lot with my sister and, and him then. You play at Lyon, the club that puts most money into giving women the best conditions. Um, and yet the best coach for you is when you leave your club and you go back home and train with your dad. How come? What, what are you working on? It's always about the same. Uh, we start a little bit uh, with passing, uh, all about creating angles, especially when we're three. Uh, you always need to find a good angle to, to find a good pass. And I think it's all about simple thinking football all the time. Um, we don't do like three, four or five hours of training. It's like one hour with quality. Um, do the passing, working with the touch um, and like, really basic exercises, to be honest. I always tell people, like younger youngsters who ask me, what do you do? Like, but it's like all the basics. Uh, you work on that again and again and again and again until it, it goes well. But we also um, work very hard physically to prepare for another season. So kind of, I want to come to pre-season to, to, to be ready at pre-season almost. So I want to be pre-season ready before pre-season, if that makes sense. Because it's all about uh, building that motor for a big season. Um, so to be prepared when you attack with your team, to not get any injuries, that's one part of it, and to already be in it is really important for me. And that's been our tactics uh, since we were little killed. So we were preparing for like cups and everything, and we would be yeah, um, waking up at 6 a.m. to go out running because it was too hot when we were at vacation. Like, so stuff like that. Think of outside the box a bit. <laughs> so, so what do you mean by outside the box? Um, when you live in a society, it's, it's easy that you start thinking like everyone else. is like you, sh you should be told to do that and that and that. But uh, my family never thought that way. We always found follow the path we thought was best for um, development. Um, so that's the voice they gave me since I was little, to always follow my voice and to use that voice. And just to kind of like, if she means something is right, then you should do it. Uh, no matter what others says or what the society tells you. So uh, to reach far, obviously you have to think outside the box because um, when we didn't have the competence, we always tried to find that competence. Uh, talking about a sprint coach that helped me a lot when I was younger uh, with the technique and a mental coach that I work a lot with today. So you can see that football is uh, such a complex game where you have to work on so much uh, different areas, you could say. By being Scandinavian, just like me, you might know about Yendelon. Have you experienced that in, in your local society that 
sometimes it can be problematic to have huge ambitions and if you have you shouldn't express them too loud i mean it comes to a certain point when you need to ask yourself the question if do i need to go abroad to actually experience something other bigger uh, for me the choice was clear i had to take the next step uh, so i went to germany when i was 17 which is quite young but that was the thing that felt right for me at that time and not a lot of people went abroad um, when I was younger. So um, I think you have to, I think people mix the thing of self-belief with arrogance. But having a self-belief uh, doesn't mean that you're less humble than anyone else. I think they mix it up uh, in a bad way. Um, I think it's all about being humble about the work you put down about the people around you, um, but you should never be called anything because you believe in yourself and you want to follow your own path uh, to succeed. I've always been a per person that's been really curious, uh, curious about people, curious about uh, how people succeed, uh, how cultures are built up. Um, so having that curiosity also helped me to yeah, explore something new, explore something bigger that can help me, yeah, reach the highest level. Could you maybe try and give an example of, of when that has happened to you? Yeah, many examples, I could say. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to pick one, but um, it's tough. And, but it's, it's tough if you don't know yourself. Uh, if you know yourself, um, so the, your values, where you wanna, where you wanna go, what your ambitions are. It's easier to stand in those challenges because there, there will be always be people who try to drag you down or I don't know, like stop you from trying to believe uh, to succeed. And and that's the sad part of the world, you could say, or the tough part of the world. Um, so it's always about how you challenge that and. I've grown up in a family, uh, we got the motto like try to kick up and help those who are down, you could say. Um, so um, I got uh, quite a lot of examples, but it's kind of given me an experience as well and give me self-confidence where I know that even though those challenges are there, I can still follow my path and, and succeed. But it takes a lot of uh, courage. and. So whenever I meet younger, younger girls, especially, uh, and boys, of course, I always try to tell them that, like, keep that self-belief. Um, never let anyone take that self-belief from you, because that's what's going to make you stand high in the end when all these challenges comes. Have you ever felt that you are being dragged down by teammates or by, by people around you for, for having huge ambitions? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't play with my national in, in team anymore. That's um, that's um, quite a good example of what we're talking about but now. Um, I need to take a choice whether to lose myself on the road, uh, to be put in a box, or to continue on the highest level, because I was super motivated to become even yeah, greater on the pitch and to succeed. and. After uh, a lot of experiences um, being in a federation that um, doesn't live up to 
expectation to move the woman up. That's, that was a quite a um, hard choice to, uh, to make, but still easy in long term. So um, those experiences, I mean, it was easier for me to take that um, choice when I was quite sure of myself and where I wanted to go, because I couldn't continue in the same way that I did. I'm still a proud Norwegian. I love my country. Um, I miss representing my country. And that's it. That, that explains the whole situation, I feel, because I didn't ask, ask to be in this position. But that's the reality. So I had to take the choice of being in this uh, situation. So that like, connection um, to Norway is the same as always. It's just that I don't play for the national team. I mean, after that Ballon d'Or awards where you were asked by DJ Martin Solveig if you could twerk, the whole social media exploded about sexism, not just in sport, but in society in general. But as a footballer, is that something that you have experienced? Um, yeah, obviously, that's what, we're, what I've been telling um, since the beginning uh, about the subject. I feel, feel that... Uh, if I wanted to continue at the highest level, because I felt that I've done everything to have an impact on which, uh, yeah, of what could be improved. Uh, and when I could see that I couldn't change anything, uh, and when I started to lose myself on the road uh, in that system, I couldn't continue. Because obviously I'm super motivated to stay on the highest level as long as possible. And we live in a world of change, I believe. Um, you can see that more and more women stand up for the rights, especially in sports, uh, as well in the society. So it's all about supporting each other, I think, um, of um, trying to succeed, uh, changing the world in the yeah, aspect of attitude, you could say. Um, and. That's what needs to be done in the Norwegian football side as well. In Norway, even though we have a great democracy and equality, we still, we're still in, yeah, ways behind the, when it comes to sports. I think, especially in football. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel podcast. Big big thanks to Nicholas and Arda for that. You can follow Arda on Instagram a Hergerberg. That's. H-E-G-E-R-B-E-R-G. I put a link into the episode description for her profile. You can follow Nicholas on Twitter, N-I-C-K-L-A-S-V-I-N-D-E. Me, I'm at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E on socials. Show some love for Arda's story by putting it on your Instagram story. Take a little screen grab of the podcast, give Olympic Channel a tag and stick it up for all your friends to see. All the very best of luck to both teams in the UEFA Champions League final at the weekend. Give us a tweet or a message with who your predictions are or how it goes. We would love to hear from you. If you like this episode, then maybe you should check out our interview with Swedish footballer Nila Fischer. We asked the question, where are all the gay male footballers in the top leagues? I think it's still a um, long way to go for someone is, is coming out. I think it's just a typical male environment that is just too hard. I put a link to that episode in the description too. A five-star review 
always on the podcast app with any motivational quotes in the review as well would be great as A, it gets the word around, B, it spreads a bit of positivity in the world and C, it means we go up in the charts, which is super helpful. Right, that is it for now though. See you soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.